Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Fantasy Dimes podcast. You're joined here by our co-hosts, Husni Vargas and Sal Karmali. You can follow us and battle us on the Sports Me app, which is who we're presented by. Please go download the app on Apple and Android. Follow us and debate us at Fantasy Dimes Husni at Fantasy Dimes Sal. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Dimes. Week 12 is done. That means week 13 is upon us. And that probably means for a lot of people, they're fighting for a playoff spot. Wait, wait, so, wait. One second. Week 12 is not even done yet. Oh, true. True, true, true. I'm so sorry. Yeah, We've Wednesday gotten... afternoon football, man. Come on. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, my bad. I mean, the game's been changed so many times. I figured it was part of week 13. So my apologies. You're right. Week 12 is not done. But in the interest of talking about what we're going to be doing moving forward as a fantasy owner, um, let's just say most owners are going to be in a predicament in week 13, right? Either they are trying to get out of last place. Either they're trying to get most points of the league. Either they're trying to get the first seed or a bye or even just make the playoffs. How big is week 13 and what do you see going forward in week 13, which has a lot of buys, by the way. It has Tampa on a buy, a lot of fantasy implications, and it has the Carolina Panthers on a buy with a lot of fantasy implications. What's your take on week 13 coming up and how week 12 went? Week 12 was a roller coaster. It's not even over yet. Um, And week 13, I think, is going to be even crazier. Um, For us especially, in our league, we have the schedule change where uh, the one seed plays the two seed, three versus four, five versus six, and so on. So for us, it, I mean, and everyone is just a game away from each other from the one seed to the seven seed. Yep. So there's going to be a whole bunch of seeding changes in that, in that situation. Mm-hmm. And then from the eight seed to the 11 seed, I think, mm-hmm. everybody is tied for the, eight, eight, the last playoff spot. Yep. So whoever wins that game next week it's gonna it's gonna change the whole league basically 100 honestly when we were making that we made that change to the schedule we didn't think it was going to be this much of an impact i know it makes a huge we thought, okay maybe you know two teams will be fighting for it and that'll be it and now four teams are fighting for the eight seed and the other seven are fighting for the first seed and only one is actually eliminated at this point yep which is crazy so considering that next week you're not going to see Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, uh, a lot of big names. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, CMC for sure. I mean, even if he's if he's healthy again, he's on a bye. It, it's just going to be a wild one to look forward to. Yeah, no. Uh, look, when Husney came to me, we're co-commissioners in our dynasty league. Our dynasty league is in our is in their second year, and to be honest with you, I think it's it's become more lopsided, top heavy a little bit. At least that was my initial thought. But now that I'm looking at it, one through seven, they're neck and neck. And whoever's 8 through 12, which is a 12-man league, I mean, they're vying for a playoff spot, but they're also looking for the future, right? They're, they're working towards the future. They've made some moves that are more um, for prospects and stuff like that and draft picks. And it's crazy to think. And when he came, with, he came to me with this idea, I would recommend all fantasy owners to do this. We had week 6 or 7. You remember? Uh, it was week 7 and week 13. Week 7 and week 13 where you have – the top two seeds versus each other. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then all the way down. And it means so much to know that you're versing the, for example, right now I'm the eight seed in this league. I kind of am hoping I lose. So I don't have to 
play the seventh seed. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather play the tenth seed or the ninth seed, and um, and figure it out from there and hope that the eighth seed loses the seventh seed. So it's crazy. A lot of strategy, a lot of things involved. But yeah, I love it, and I would I would recommend all fantasy owners to uh, do the same. Uh, moving on, week twelve. You're right, roller coaster, and starting with a huge name who both of us own, a guy that we were tracking all week long to see if he'd play. Then we were told he would play. Then we were told he may not get that many touches. Then we saw that he got all the touches possible, right? Austin Eckler comes back. Man, they look, he looks good. The Chargers obviously looked good all year, and, they, and it looks like they missed him. What do you do? What, do you, what did you take away from Austin Eckler's return, and are you happy as a fantasy owner with, with what he's getting? I mean, I traded for him trade deadline day, the hour before the deadline closed. Um, which was, I believe, the beginning of week 11. So I only missed him for a week. And I'm so happy that I got him back yeah. because with James Conner, I have James Conner. He's on the COVID list now. Uh, he went down, so I needed another running back. And luckily, he came yeah. back, saved the day. I think he got a lot of touches because Kaelin Balaj was unable to play. And he was out for the game. He was inactive. And, um, and Justin, uh, Justin Jackson still on the IR. So they don't really trust Joshua Kelly that much. They don't trust uh, Tremaine Pope as much. So that gave a lot of space for Austin Eckler to come back and make a big, big impact on the game, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the fact that he was back, and uh, and it meant a lot. Look, I was 6-2 and two in another league, in a, in a redraft league. I was in first place. I had, didn't have another running back besides Alvin Kamara. And let's talk, we'll talk about Alvin Kamara a little later. Um Alvin Kamara uh, was my only other running back. And so what I did was I traded Will Fuller at the time for Austin Eckler, knowing that Austin Eckler was about three weeks out. And that, and that, when that happened, I quickly lost four in a row because I didn't have Austin Eckler. And this week, actually, I did have Austin Eckler back. But again, Alvin Kamara, and you know he kind of screwed me. But anyways, um, I, I, I have lost four in a row. And now I'm in eighth place. So I'm, I'm struggling, but I'm so happy because I do have Austin Eckler. And I know if I make the playoffs, I'm sitting pretty, right? Because Drew Brees comes back, Alvin Kamara looks good. And guess what? Another big news, Will Fuller gets suspended. So, hey, worked out for me because I would have been asked out without Will Fuller. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I want to know what they're putting in the water in that, on that team because not only did Will Fuller get suspended, the cornerback, I think Bradley Roby also got suspended. Yeah. And it, the same time, like exact same time, they both announced it. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing on that team, but I mean, they've just been a joke all season long, that yeah. that team. And honestly, it's sad for him to be stuck on a team like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is what it is. He's, he's going to be a free agent, so maybe he moves on from there. Yeah, we'll talk about Will Fuller in a bit. Uh, going back to the Chargers, though, I mean, as much as I loved watching Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert, because I have both of them, uh, and Keenan Allen fans were, were happy as well, I can't stand to be a Chargers fan if I was one because Anthony Lynn and that time mismanagement and at the end of the half, at the end of the fourth, at the end, of, you know, like the, he just didn't know what he was doing. I mean, it's pretty sad watching a coach who's been doing this for a while. And I love Anthony Lynn, to be honest with you. I think he's a great coach. How can you just make that many mistakes with, with the management of a clock? I don't get it. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I know you follow uh, Daniel Popper, and you got him on our on our fantasy on our fantasy dimes Twitter. You follow him, and I get the notifications for that too. So at the end of that game, I just kept seeing his tweet after tweet after tweet, yeah. just ripping Anthony Lynn. I'm like, what's going on? And it's just, and then I just looked at it again, 
I was like, wow, man, it's crazy how mismanaged. Like he waits for a fourth down and calls a timeout. That's like serious. when they should have, when they could have punted anyways from five yards further exactly. or something like that. And then the whole Hail Mary fiasco, he ran it twice when the clock was running oh out. Oh my God, yeah. The team's chances of coming back. And then his press conference was a joke. I watched the press conference. It was just, it was hilarious. Because he's like, oh yeah, why did you call that first timeout? Oh, because the, they said the, it was fourth and two. I was going to go for it. But then they moved it to fourth and four after I called my timeout. Like what? What? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> that's why you call the timeout because they, they moved the ball. So like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, that team is so sad. They could easily be, we talk about it every week. They could be nine and one or whatever it may be. Like they could be such a, it could be a, such a different situation for really good, in that team. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, whatever it is. I don't know what week it is now anymore. Um, but whatever the record could be, they could have oh, nine or ten wins at this point. But yeah. unfortunately, I mean, it's four o'clock management, and it's not the first time this season. No, he's been doing it for a while. And to be honest with you, you 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 get the hail mary right at the end. And I mean, I know it doesn't mean anything. Um, even though I really wish that he that 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 receiver, I think it was Guyan. I don't even know who it was. I think he just. I wish he just walked into the end zone so I can get a couple more points from Justin Herbert. Nonetheless, they walk up to the line. And instead of spiking the ball, they decide to run the ball with Austin Eckler, which will kill the clock even more. So I don't get it. If you're trying to yeah, score a touchdown. Exactly, and then the very next play, he runs a QB sneak with Justin Herbert. Yeah. Like, really, it's, man? It's like, like, you know what? It's not even about the fact that it doesn't matter at that point. It's the fact that you're only down 10 points. And you know what? You give yourself a chance. Look at the Eagles. The Eagles last yes. night had no business of even coming back in that game. And they went and went for the Hail Mary. They scored the touchdown. They gave themselves an opportunity even. Even though it's a very, it's probably like a 1% chance that you win that game, you still have a chance. It's better than zero. And Agreed. ruined a lot of fantasy better bets. But, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Anthony Lynn and his clock management, I think that's the reason why they have these many losses this season, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I, it was as much as it was painful to watch the Chargers and Anthony Lynn's mis- clock, uh, clock mismanagement, it was worse and more painful to watch the Broncos' QB situation. Obviously, if you had a Broncos wide receiver, you faded them. I hope you faded them. Um, and if you had any of their running backs, maybe you would have hoped for some time, you know, some, a lot of running and maybe, you know, a lot of screen passes or something. It just, their offense looked out of sort. They seemed to be in the game in the beginning, but then, you know, once they started playing and, you know, Hinton, I believe his name is, it just, it didn't work out. And he threw a couple of picks and, you know, I had Noah Font. I, I didn't play him. I played Jimmy Graham instead. And Noah Font had one catch, I think. And he, had, he was a leading receiver. Um, but also, unfortunately, not only do you not have a QB, not only do you lose the game, you also might be losing Philip Lindsay. Uh, talk about that game to, game to me in terms of fantasy and in terms of real life. How bad was that Broncos Saints game? Well, in terms of fantasy, um, I don't know if, if someone asked you, but someone asked me, uh, should I play Jerry Judy or Kendall Hinton? And I said, why would you play either of them? I said, bench both of them. Go pick up Darnell Mooney or Anthony Miller off your bench and play one of, off the waiver wire and pick one of them. Um, and he stuck with, I think, uh, Hinton or Jerry Judy. He stuck with one of them. And Jerry Judy got zero and Hinton got negative four. Yeah. Whole team combined, like you said, went one completion, two interceptions. And the one completion was to no offense. Yep. Um, and Philip Lindsay, because of that, he was taking a lot of wildcat formation plays and right. got hurt. And I mean, it, it sucks because a lot of people on Twitter 
are kind of upset about the fact that the NFL keeps postponing this Ravens game. But yet, the Broncos, only one of their quarterbacks tested positive. So if they moved the game to Monday night, they could have had a quarterback and it would have been a much better game. True. True. And I get it. People are upset, whatever. Maybe they favor the Ravens more or Ravens put up a better case uh, to the NFL to get it postponed. But it is what it is. I mean, the Broncos aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So maybe it's better that they lost this game. They get a better draft pick. Draft pick. Help yeah. out, you know, their their injury. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it anymore. The yeah. Whole, the whole team is just injured. So, I mean, maybe it's a lost season for them. Who cares at this point? I agree. Uh, and and as I was upset watching the Broncos game, because I do have Noah Font, and I agree that I didn't play him, but I was just like, wow. Like, this, you know, a QB, and obviously a QB, like, they didn't have any of their QBs. So, I mean, they just they just didn't have a good offensive play calling. They just couldn't find ways to score, and it showed. But on the other side, I see Taysom Hill taking all the touchdowns away from Alvin Kamara. I see Latavius Murray taking all the carries away from Alvin Kamara. Do you think Alvin Kamara is just being rested for now because they knew they were going to go away and win that game? Or do you think this is actually going to be the case moving forward until Breeze maybe comes back? I mean, it's it was – a. Not a great performance from Kamara, but I think it has a lot to do with Taysom Hill and not having Drew Brees. Because if you look at even, I think, the week before, uh, I'm going to pull up the stats here really quick. Um, let's see. The week before with Taysom Hill even, he had 10.5 fantasy points, 13 rushes for 45 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, and he Atlanta. walked into the end zone. It would have been a bad... Against bad. Atlanta. Every other game this season... He has had about 16 or more fantasy points, with most of them being in the 20 range, 20 to 25. Yeah. So having Taysom Hill there is not great for Camaro because Taysom Hill can run the ball a lot, and they do a lot of wild card, uh, wildcat offense with him. Um, but I mean, it, it's going to be a problem for Camaro. Drew Brees retires if he if he's stuck there with Taysom Hill and they can't find another quarterback. It's going to be a problem. Um, I think so too. I, yeah. But. I, I I was really hoping Jameis Winston was going to be the quarterback because when Jameis came into the game, when Breeze was out, he was still throwing the ball to Kamara. I mean, he loved throwing the ball. And, you know, Jameis is part of that Bruce Arians offense that he played in. So, and, in the, you know, the offense he was playing in before, he was chucking the ball down to his running backs. It seems as though Alvin Kamara, who has had only one reception in the last two games, if he has led you this far and you are in first, second, third, fourth, be thankful. If you're like me and have lost three in a row, four in a row, because of the fact that Alvin Kamara hasn't been playing the same and because you needed him and, and hoped for the best, and now you're pretty much stuck in a situation where you're fighting for a playoff spot, you might not need to count on Alvin Kamara until Drew Brees comes back in week 14. And you better pray Drew, Drew Brees comes back in week 14 because if week 14 you got to play Alvin Kamara with Taysom Hill at quarterback, you are most likely going to be conceding touches to both Taysom Hill and Latavius Murray. And I feel like, yeah, I think – Sean Payton's being smart. Sean Payton's like, I already lost Breeze. I know Kamara's been dealing with a foot injury. If we're winning the games, why put Kamara out there? I'm just going to end up running Latavius Murray. And Latavius Murray's running really well. One of the best backups in the league, to be honest with you. Um, why, why even risk it? So but I let think. Let me ask you this question. I, I posed this question yesterday on Sports Me. I don't know if you saw it. Um, but with all the running backs, if you look at the top four this year, most of them in every draft, had CMC, Saquon Barkley, Kamara, and Zeke as the top four. No specific order. Those are your top four. Um, what do you do for – think about the future maybe next year. 
because we are going into week 13, which is close to like fantasy, close to the end of the fantasy season, which people start to yeah. think, okay, looking at next year, what if Drew Brees retired? What do you yeah. do with Camaro? What if Dak Prescott says, you know what? I'm not coming back to the Cowboys. What do you do with Zeke? Saquon Barkley, can you rely on him to not get injured for a third year in a row? Like, these yeah. are the type of things. Like, Derrick Henry, we're going to talk about him next. He had an amazing performance. Maybe he jumps into your top four. Yeah, true. I, I have to I have to say, the only guy in that top four that really that, – that makes me feel optimistic about next year – who, by the way, I love Alvin Kamara. I'm a big Alvin Kamara fan – is Christian McCaffrey. Because Christian McCaffrey is – he just hasn't been able to perform because of injury. But if you look at his team, man, they look good offensively. And I think next year when he comes back and they fix that defense a little more and they add a little more weapons here and there, I think Christian McCaffrey can still be the best running back in the league and fantasy-wise too. Um, but uh, you're right, man. The other guys, they scare me. They really scare me. And if I had to draft again, I don't know if any of them would be in the top four with those situations that they're in. Now, someone like Dalvin Cook, you'd consider to be a top yeah. four? Yeah. But again... You you know with Delvin Cook, when you draft him, you're going to miss at least two games yeah. with, with him on your team. Yep. And you don't want that to be the first two games of the season or the last two games of the season or critical playoff moments like week 12 and 13 because that's the situation. I mean, and if you look at it, most of the time, you can pick a receiver really late in the round, really late in the draft, and you'll be fine. You can get those 10 to 15 points. But the running back market has become super thin. Very thin. And if you can't trust these four guys on top of that, I don't even know. Maybe you change your league to a one-running back week at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, guys who had Clyde Edwards-Alaire are struggling. Le'Veon Bell took away touches from him last week. I mean, the guys who had, you know, Melvin Gordon, struggling, right? Like, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, struggling. Like, you don't know what's going to happen every week. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. You just never know in the league anymore. There's a lot of committees out there. Daryl Henderson, man. I, I can't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Every time I watch him, he gets me upset. Me too. I don't even think he's that good of a running back, but I think Cam Akers far, far is a better running back. And then you look at even the Ravens, right? J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram. They just keep throwing different things at you, and it's starting to become a league with, with running backs by committee, and it's going to hurt us fantasy-wise. Um, moving on, uh, a game that I, I just didn't expect to happen, and I think that a lot of people who were betters and a lot of people who – Needed fantasy, you know, good game, good fantasy games from Derek Carr and Ragor and Josh Jacobs just didn't get it because the Raiders had a meltdown against the Atlanta Falcons, who, yeah, are playing much better, but they were also missing Julio Jones and Todd Gurley. They found a way to to, to really, really, really thrash the Oakland Raiders and their and their playoff hunt and dreams. What do you take away from that game, both fantasy wise and, and NFL wise? I mean. Rough game for the Raiders. Yeah, I was one of those uh, Raiders betters, and I regret that decision. Every time I bet on the Raiders, they let me down for some reason. Yeah. So I'm going to stop betting on the Raiders. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, Josh Jacobs got hurt, I think, towards the end of that game. It's not looking good for him. Looking good for Devontae Booker, though. Maybe he's a viable streamer option next week uh, with all the big names going on by. Um but, yeah, I mean, Derek Carr just had an awful performance, which obviously translates to Henry Ruggs, Aguilar, uh, Waller, all having garbage performances. Uh, not something you expect from a team like that. who put up, what, 30 points twice against the Chiefs. They're keeping yes. up with the Chiefs, but, yes. but then they can't keep up with Atlanta. Like, it's, it's – I mean, Atlanta, they lost 
their best two players, I would, I would argue to say. Um, aside from Calvin Ridley, those are the next two best is Julio and Todd Gurley. Yeah. And they're playing with running back by committee and you still can't beat them. And it's kind of, uh, it's the Raiders way, I feel like. And I mean, they're not built to be a playoff team. They're just there to, to ruin people's chances of making the playoffs. That's one of those teams, I feel like. Um, so you kind of expect these performances going in and out with them. Yeah, no, they've been playing much better under uh, Raheem Morris. Is that his name? Atlanta, yeah, yeah, Raheem Morris. Right, uh, playing a lot better under 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 the new interim coach, and I think he might be the coach next year with the way he's been making them he's play. He's one this season, so why not? Yeah, and the defense looks real good now, all of a sudden. And I mean, I gotta I gotta say, I mean, they they forced a lot of fumbles from Carr. They intercepted him a few times. Uh, it was not a good game for the Raiders. And to be honest with you. You're right. And I think you mentioned it last time or somebody was mentioning it to me. That the Raiders play up or down to the level of their opponent. And we've seen it against the Chargers where they sneaked out of that win. We've seen it against the Chiefs where they play really well and, and you know, almost beat them twice. Um, scary to be uh, on the Raiders in terms of fantasy and in terms of real life. I mean, if you're a Raiders fan, you don't know what you're going to expect week to week. And if you're a fantasy owner of any of these guys, the only sure bet Maybe Darren Waller. Maybe. Maybe. Um, moving on, you mentioned Derrick Henry, who might be the stud running back that who doesn't get hurt, knock on wood, and they feed him the ball. And to be honest with you, Ryan Tannehill ran, ran one, one, of the, one of the option plays where he kind of ran in for a touchdown. That could have been even more for Derrick Henry. A lot of great performances in the first half this, this week from Derrick Henry to Tyreek Hill even DK Metcalf, right? I mean, a lot of guys who had almost 30 points by halftime. What do you take away from Derrick Henry's first half performance? And as a Derrick Henry owner, do you feel confident going into the playoffs? Like, man, my guy is looking better and better. You have to understand, as it gets colder, as the season wears on, it's harder to tackle Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Um, when Derrick Henry plays well, the Titans play well. When he is struggling... The whole team struggles. He is the backbone of that team. And however he performs, the rest of the team performs. Uh, you mentioned that that read option thing that Tannehill pulled. And I really don't think that Tannehill, like, I, I feel like they wanted to give Henry the ball. But Tannehill is just so smart that he saw that, listen, there are five guys that are trying to go tackle this guy. I have an open lane. Let me just walk it in. And it worked out for them at the end of the day. Um, but he just, I, I mean... I did not expect that. I thought this game was going to be uh, heavily defensive. I thought it was going to be under under 50-something. I think it was the spread. Yeah, I would have taken the under 100%. I, I didn't, but um, that that game was just ridiculous. And I, I loved every moment of it. I mean, I love when I can see offense on top of offense on top of offense. Yeah, me too. And, I mean, A.J. Brown looked really good, too, uh, part of that game. Yeah. Um, Turned, uh, returned that onside kick for a touchdown at the end. Yeah, big, yeah, uh, big 69-yard catch and run. Yeah. It, it was crazy. I, I loved it. I think it was a great performance from both of them. I think that they are going to be a team to look at going forward. Uh, maybe not such a deep playoff run, but they're definitely going to make some noise going into the playoffs. I agree. Um, their defense is what scares me a little bit, but with Derrick Henry playing this well, Tannehill obviously always, you know, always up to the task and AJ Brown coming into his own. I mean, AJ Brown came back from his injury, wasn't his self. Now he's starting to get his legs under him. And he comes from the same breed as DK Metcalf. They were teammates. 
And you can see it. They're, they're talking each other up on Twitter. They love each other. They're, they're the same built. He may not be as gifted, maybe, in my opinion, as DK Metcalf, but he is right up there as one of the strongest, toughest, meanest receivers in the league. If you're an A.J. Brown owner, Derrick Henry owner, you are feeling good about yourself moving forward. Uh, you're on the opposite side of the field. You got a tight end who could be a waiver wire pickup moving forward, a good streaming option and an option that in a, in a, in a position that's super thin in Trey Burton. Right, Trey Burton had a good game. Looked like you know, at least you know, got most of his points in the beginning of the of the game. But man, he looked really good out there. And it seems like Philip Rivers really has found a target that he likes to throw to, especially in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, if you still need a tight end at this point if you're streaming, I think he's definitely a viable option. Um, when he's been healthy, he's produced eight points, twenty-one points, ten. Uh, and then he had two bad games, 1.6, 5.4, and then 10.5 and, and 13 again. That's so when he is healthy, he looks like he is going to be a big part of the offense. Um, going forward, they have Houston, uh, Vegas, Houston, and Pittsburgh. So, oh, man. I mean, yeah. three of those four games, aside from Pittsburgh, I mean, those are really great opportunities for him to get a lot of points. Uh, and then Pittsburgh, maybe he's going to be the op- only option that's open at that point because they're going to cover everyone else. Uh, that gives room for him to have some potential. Uh, but for sure, I think he's going to be a great uh, bye week filler. Maybe if you need someone in the playoffs with all this COVID stuff going on, uh, maybe you can plug him into that position for sure. Yeah, agreed. I think that he could be a great viable streamer moving forward in a position, again, like that you are probably struggling at right now. Um, moving on, Jarvis Landry has finally arrived. Again, it was the Jaguars, but it looks like, and it seems like, after the bad weather that the Cleveland Browns have faced the last few weeks, the running game is opening up. They seem to be, I mean, easy schedule, but hey, they're getting wins, and that's all that matters, and they're in a position to make the playoffs and do really well. Jarvis Landry could be, uh, I don't want to say league winner, but he can help a lot of fantasy owners out if he can continue to put up points like he did last week. But that's the thing. Can he really continue to put up points? He hasn't put up a number like that all season. Um, and that was the first one. I mean, I guess they were tired of running the ball because of the poor weather they've been playing in. So they just decided, let's just throw Jarvis Landry every pass that we can. Um, but, I mean, looking forward, uh, Tennessee, Baltimore, and then the Giants and the Jets. So you never know what you're going to get. The last yeah. two weeks, the Giants and Jets, maybe you'll get a blizzard. Maybe you'll get 60 degrees sunshine, so you just got to pray yeah. that it's a, it's a good day to be in New York those two days. Um, but aside from that, I mean, I can see him having more production now that, you know, uh, the bad weather is over for him and there's no OBJ. And it seems like he's the only guy available that uh, Baker Mayfield is actually looking at. Yeah, and to be honest, I mean, not a big Austin Hooper fan, but Austin Hooper – Caught a touchdown, and Austin Hooper could be around. And for those guys who have Austin held on to Austin Hooper all this time, hey, guess what? Austin Hooper could help you with your horrible tight end situation that you're probably in. Moving on, a guy in the NFC North that is going to be in a, you know, again, a lot of guys who have counted on him, have um, relied on him, and have gotten this far because of him and Tyler Boyd, right? Tyler Boyd now with Brandon Allen as the QB. Um, for it seems like the foreseeable future, uh, what are you going to expect from Tyler Boyd moving forward? Again, he went up against the Giants this week. 
six targets, three receptions, 15 yards. So you're probably going to get that moving forward, but I don't know. I mean, their schedule looks a little, little tough. Miami, Dallas, but then Pittsburgh, and then Houston. So up and down, up and down. Yeah, up and down yeah. for sure. Um, can you kind of tell it, Boyd? I, I think with Brennan Allen, it's going to be very tough to count on Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think at the end of that game last week, they had Finley in, no? I think Ryan Finley was the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And he actually got Tyler Boyd a couple of passes. That's why we gave Tyler Boyd kind of an upgrade uh, for from the last episode. But that was obviously before we knew Brandon Allen was going to be the starting quarterback. And it seems like if he is the starting quarterback, there may not be as much potential for Tyler Boyd as we thought. Maybe he's just going to be a flex play, wide receiver too, uh, go back to maybe getting 10-ish points, hopefully a week at that. Um, but yeah, I can't see him having that explosiveness that we've seen from him all season. Obviously, with no Joe Burrow, uh, he takes a big hit at this point. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Tyler Boyd moving forward, tread with caution and uh, don't expect too much. Yeah, and then... Um, Another crazy great game that came down to the wire. Uh, that Patriots and Cardinals game. I don't think anybody expected that kind of game from either side. Um, Cam Newton and the Patriots stepped up, got it done in over, uh, close to overtime, actually. They got it done the last second field goal. Uh, what do you take away from Cam Newton's performance? Is he back? No. Uh, yes and no. Sorry. I'm a Cam Newton fan. I love Cam Newton. I love his comeback story. I love it all. He has no receivers to throw to. None of them can catch the ball as well. None of them can run routes as well. He has no explosive guy. He has the likes of Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, no Julian Edelman, pretty much relying on James White, no Rex Burkhead. Tony Michelle had zero touches. Damian Harris is playing well. But I really think that Cam Newton is, is there in terms of he is a great, still a good, viable, strong quarterback. I think that he has his lapses of judgment. I also think that he doesn't have enough weapons around him. He doesn't have a good tight end to throw to. He doesn't have the Greg Olson that he used to have or the, you know, the uh, Kelvin Benjamin that he used to have back in. And then Christian McCaffrey, right? He doesn't have those guys anymore. And I feel like he is struggling because of it. Um, I think as a fantasy owner, you're upset. But at the same time, I think Cam Noon has become, he's, he's dropped out of my top 12. You can't play him every week. I think you got to, Pick and choose your matchups. I think next yeah, I think week he's yeah. become more of a streaming option at this point. He's not yeah. really a guy you can just plug and just walk away like you would in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, they have very minimal receiver help. Um, hopefully for him, he gets into a better situation next year, gets off his one-year contract, finds a team that actually has weapons. Because for the weapons he has, he is putting up what you expect from him. Uh, you can't really help it that they have no one, and they're still five and six. Or what? I, I think that's the record. Yeah, yeah, which, is shocking to me, which is shocking. Which is really shocking. And they have, I think, a better schedule going forward. So maybe they could still make a playoff push. Uh, you never know. Yeah. And, 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 and to be honest with you, next year, if he stays with the Patriots, which I don't know, it might be doubtful at this point. But if he stays with the Patriots, you never know. He might just bring over OBJ. I'm not even, I'm moving on. Um, you know, I, I, just, I, I don't know if you have this obsession with the Patriots and getting every receiver in the league, but okay, sure. Um, on the other side, Kyler Murray, he, speaking of great receivers, he has DeAndre Hopkins and 
he seems to be struggling. Um, coming into the week, we knew he had a shoulder issue. I, I don't even know what to say here. I mean, is he going to get healthy? Is he going to play better? He doesn't look like the Kyler Murray that we saw in the beginning of the season. Look, man, I love Kyler Murray. Um, not a big fan of his game, and I'll explain why. I know a lot of people are like, what do you mean? The guy's so athletic. You can throw the ball deep. You can run the ball. No, no, no. I don't like the fact that he chooses to run every single chance he has. Like, he doesn't want to stay in the pocket. He doesn't want to throw the ball. He doesn't want to – you know, like, Deshaun Watson would, would run around, and I get it, you know. Um, sometimes would get a lot of people upset. He still threw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins 15 times because he knew that that was his man. And this week, when no Larry Fitzgerald, and you assume that you're just going to feed Hopkins as much as you can, and he didn't, and he didn't do as well. And, again, Stephon Gilmore has something to do with that, right? But at the same token, I mean, like, Kyler, you've got to be able to stay in the pocket, maneuver around it, and not have to run every single time. Man, I, I, a couple of questionable calls there, you know, at the end of the half, going for that, that run that, you know, didn't work out with Kenyon Drake. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they, as, as I, I, a couple of weeks ago, looked amazing after they beat the Seahawks. And now they've, they've, had, some, they have a, they've had some tough losses. And Let me ask you a question. Now, um, speaking of all the running problems, does it kind of remind you of Lamar Jackson's situation? Yeah, yeah. Agreed. It's a scary thought. Like, I was thinking about it, and it's scary to think of. Could he be kind of like in a Lamar Jackson situation when everyone was like, oh, wow, uh, we've never seen something like this. He can yeah. do, he can run, he can do it all. He's going to be the MVP, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you play the Patriots defense, and you play coaches who actually have defended and, and like are yeah. geniuses. <laughs> and, and it's not like, I mean, obviously not a knock on the other coaches, but this yeah, is yeah. Bill Belichick, man. He's one of the great, he's the greatest in my mind, the greatest coach of all time. Agreed. Agreed. And he will find a way to shut you down. We've always talked about it. And everyone has been destroying the Patriots. Oh, you guys are two and five, whatever it is. You guys are garbage. All of a sudden you look at it, they're five and six. They're one game away from yeah. the Dolphins. They're two games away from the Bills or whatever it is. And they could make a case for being in the wild card. Yeah. It's crazy to think. And I think that Kyler Murray could turn into that kind of player. And I don't know what to do with that. Look, I love the Monday Night Football crew. I mean, I didn't like him in the beginning of the year. They're starting to grow on me a little bit. But Brian Greasy said something the other day when I think it was the Seahawks and the um, the Cardinals. He said, or something like that. I don't know if it was Brian Greasy or somebody. But he was like, Kyler Murray is so accurate. And I'm like, dude, the guy's missed D-Hop like six times. The guy's missed so many players so many times, and it's scary to think. I think he just chooses to run, and so his mind is like, run, 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 and all of a sudden, oh, no, no I'm going to throw it now, and then he's inaccurate because he's, he's not set, right? His feet are not set. He's always just trying to run around. Um, look, Kyler Murray, in a lot of people's mind, MVP season, but slowly but surely you realize that there's people like Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson and um, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, who still can throw the ball – and do things better back there than Kyler Murray can. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, man. I, I, it's going to be tough for him going forward. Um, one of the other guys who's one of the fastest players in the league, I mean, wow, what a, what a performance from him. Tyreek Hill just went off. I, oh. I think that was the most points I probably – I don't know if Tyler Lockett, if he got more than Tyler Lockett or less than Tyler Lockett did a couple weeks ago, um, but – that was one of the craziest performances I've ever seen. He just blows by everyone. And it's just in his hand. Patrick Mahomes is 
probably, I think, the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. And he has one of – I'll put him in my top five for sure uh, in Tyreek Hill. He's so fast. He's so good. Uh, I loved what I saw from him. I think they can do it every week if they want to. Uh, they just try to spare other teams from getting their hearts broken every week. Uh, what do you think of Tyreek Hill? Top five? And I was just going to ask you, what, what would be your top five list of wide receivers? I mean, that's tough. I mean, I'm not talking – are you talking fantasy or are you talking just – No, no, in general, wide receivers right now. Um, you want my top five? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Uh, give me your top five. Based off of talent and what I've seen, I'm going to have probably D-Hop number one. Okay. Devontae Adams a very close second. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is three. Then Tyreek Hill, then Julio. I think with Julio's injury problems and all that. I, so you said one was D-Hop? Yeah, D-Hop, Adams, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Julio. Okay. Okay, I say D-Hop one. I say Devante two. So I think me and you are on the same page there, right? Yep. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, I guess you got to say. I mean... Damn, this is really tough. Wow. I put Julio 5 because he's on the decline, man. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So Yeah, no, no. I, I agree with you. Thing. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's stuck between 3 and 4. Is that what it is? I'm stuck. No, no. I'm, I'm, there's so many good receivers I see oh, here. Oh, yeah. For sure. 100%. Um, yeah. I'd say Hill. I mean, I'd say uh, Hopkins 1, Devontae Adams 2, Keenan Allen 3. Wow, I did not expect that. No, yeah. I, I have Keenan Allen like six or seven. And I have Stephon Allen Diggs and Keenan Allen like six and seven. I, not, I yeah. not that high. Yeah, Keenan Allen is really yo. He catches he, everything, man. Keenan Allen over Michael Thomas. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm missing. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas is my yeah. three also. Yeah. Michael Thomas three, Keenan <laughs> Allen four, and I'm sorry, man. I don't. I, I can't put Tyreek Hill. I can't put Tyreek Hill over DK Metcalf. I can't wow. do it. So you would rather have Keenan Allen than Tyreek Hill at this point? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. Wow. That's, that, I mean, that's crazy. And, and, and I think Tyreek Hill yeah. is good. Yeah. And he's good because of who his quarterback is. I, yeah. But Keenan I mean, if you put Tyreek Hill, it depends who his quarterback is, I agree. But if you put Tyreek Hill on the Packers, for example, does he get more points than Devontae Adams does this season? I would think so. I would think with his speed no, and Aaron no. Rodgers' arm, you're no, talking I don't think so. I don't think so because you have to understand, right? Like for me, what a wide receiver is, is speed, athleticism, yeah. and height. Okay. All those matter, right? Because you need to be able to pin the ball. You need to be able to moss people. You need to be able to run faster than people. You need to – oh, and route running, obviously. I think number one is D-Hop in that sense because he has all of that. Yeah, for sure. Number two is 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 definitely Devontae Adams because again he has all of that. Keenan Allen may not have the same athleticism as those guys, but he's quick. He can catch everything. He's a big guy, for sure. Big dude, right? And then you got to go with with oh well, Michael Thomas, of course, right? I mean, the guy is everything else you can ask for. And then DK Metcalf, who I mean, I, yeah. not yet, not yet. I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for it. I mean, it's not I, a I was kind of surprised that you put Kenyon instead of DK, uh, but not yet. At this moment, no. 
Uh, I mean, it, it's it's close. DK and Tyreek Hill, it's close. DK will be the number one receiver in probably two or three years from now. I can yeah. see it for sure. As yeah. long as Russell can still sling the ball to him, he's going to be up there. Um, but, but yeah, not yet. I, I still think he's not in the top five. I, maybe I can consider him to be a top ten, but not top five just yet. I think it's too early for that. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and then if we look at so, – so let's move on from that. That, that was a crazy game. Um, and then the other team on that same game, Tampa, are they in trouble? They didn't. They didn't look great. They got some points towards the end to make it look like the score was kind of competitive. But if you're watching every minute of that game, uh, it was not that competitive. Uh, what did you take from that? Is Tampa in trouble? I don't think they're in trouble, but I do think that they are definitely at a point where they can turn for the worse. So if they start to rattle off a couple more losses, I think they could be in trouble. Uh, but at seven and five and a buy coming up, I think it's a perfect time for a buy. They've lost a couple back-to-back tough games. Um, well, has it been back-to-back or has it been three games now in a row, right? That they've lost, I believe. I'll, I'll double check that. I think, it, I think it's Saints, Rams, and now the Chiefs. I believe so, if I'm not mistaken. It um, has been the Rams, the Chiefs. No, there was a Carolina game in between that where they won. Okay. So, they, you know, they, yeah, they've got a couple of yeah. I think what they are are a team that's going to beat all the teams underneath them talent-wise. They just can't compete with the teams above them talent-wise. And they're right in between there where they're going to make the playoffs – but to be that good, their defense needs to be good at the same time as their offense. And right now, it seems like there are times their defense isn't good and their offense is great and their offense isn't good and their defense is great. And I think um, I think that they're still learning to, to mesh and deal with each other. Uh, but I think they're okay. I think they'll be all right. And I think it's going to be fun to watch them in the playoffs. And I think, again, the bye week helps. Yeah, I mean, sitting at 7-5, and five, I mean, they got the Vikings after the bye, the Falcons, the Lions, and the Falcons again. I, I can really see them winning all of those games, uh, realistically. Yeah. And they're going to be 11-5 and five at that point, um, which should be good enough, I think. To, I mean, if the Saints, it all depends on the Saints at this point. The Saints are playing really well. Um, they are currently in first place. And 9-2, and two, I, I can't see them losing the division at this point. But I can see Tampa making a, kind of a run as a wildcard team, which is crazy to think Tom Brady is going to be in a wildcard game. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that before. True. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be crazy. I mean, I, I do think they're kind of in trouble, not in the sense in the regular season, in the playoffs. Because yeah, if they can't put up the performance that they need against the teams that are playoff teams, like the Saints, like the, the Chiefs, like the Rams, then they're going to be in big trouble because they're going to lose really quickly. And you can call it an early season for Tom Brady for sure because, I, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, speaking of Tom Brady, I put this question up on, on our Instagram page. Uh, do you think Tom Brady is washed? I do not. And, man, the guy's still making good throws out there. The guy's just not making the right throws. So The guy is still making good throws. You think that throw at the end of that game was a good throw? No. No, no, no. no, no, no. I hear what I'm saying. He's not making the right throws. So his arm is there. Accuracy still kind of there. Okay. His game management has gone awry. His choices have gone awry. Like the guy doesn't 
really know what he wants to do. And I think it's because he's been doing something for so long with Bill Belichick, which is feed the underneath guy, find the guy who's open, have a big tight end, get Julian Edelman the ball. Julian Edelman runs underneath routes a lot. You know, get the ball off the field, run the ball, give the ball to James White, you know, where now he's in a point where I got four receivers, well, Gronk being one of them. I got two running backs who can't catch the ball, who finally this week caught the ball. And Bruce Arians keeps telling me, throw the ball down the field, because that's what Bruce Arians wants, right? He's a vertical passer. He wants a vertical passer. And to be honest with you, if you can't manage the game well and throw the ball down the field well in a Bruce Arians offense, you get Jameis Winston. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, right? That's what you might get out of Tom Brady this year, where he's going to chuck the ball down the field because that's what the game plan is. But I think he's like, I really just want to chuck the ball down to Ronald Jones and Nana Fernandez and let them get 10, let them get 10, let them get 10 until we get far enough that I can, I can throw a touchdown. You throw to Mike Evans for five yards in the end zone. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I think he's in a point right now where he's like, I really need to figure out what I want to do. Because like I said, the guy's not washed, man. The guy can still throw the ball. And I mean... I think honestly, I think he's washed, and I say wow. that. Because, I say that because he is the greatest quarterback of all time. But at this moment, I think he's finished. Um, because if you look at a lot of his throws, they're all the good, the best throws that he can make are the ones that are underneath five or ten yards. And if you look at it, when he's most comfortable, is either throwing to the running back, throwing to Chris Godwin for five yards, or throwing to Paul yeah. for five yards. That's when he's at his most comfortable. And I don't know if you saw that stat, but going into that game, he was 0 for his last 20, throwing the ball down the field 20 yards or more. Yeah, yeah. And and then he finally broke that streak. He got one uh, the other day. And then he threw an interception the next play on the same yep. type of throw. So he is one in his last 22 on, on downfield throws. And if you can't throw the ball, like you said, in a Bruce Arians offense, that's going to get you basically the death penalty at that point. If you can't yeah. do it, it's, it's, yeah. it's a problem. Or, Bruce Arians keeps calling Tom Brady out to the media. And I think, yes. I don't know. Which I love, by the way. I love that he's holding him accountable, but how many times are you going to do it? Yeah, at some point, Tom Brady's going to be like, oh, chill. I got six. Tom Brady, I got six. Either Tom Brady's going to leave and find a new team, or he's going to get you off the team and you're going to coach someone yeah. else next year. Because okay, so let me ask you a question. I don't let know how that question. works. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You asked me about Tyreek Hill. Give me your top 10 quarterbacks in the league right now. Top 10 right now? Um, Not in a particular order. I just need 10. Okay. Mahomes, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Wilson, Rodgers. Uh, Josh Allen's up there. I think Watson's up there for sure. Um, Prescott. Prescott. When he's healthy, Prescott, yes. Um, who else is there? Big Ben looks really good this season. Okay. Did I say Russell Wilson? I think I said Russell Wilson. I think you did. Mm-hmm. Lamar? Lamar is falling for me because he doesn't look like a quarterback. He just looks like he can run the ball really well. And that's it. Hey, Kyler? Kyler Murray? Kyler was getting there uh, eh, at that point. I get what you're saying. Yes, he is. Yes, he is a top 10 in the league right now. But look at the quarterbacks you're comparing him to. Now, who would you? Where would you put him on your list of top ten? Would you put him top five? No. Number one, Mahomes. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, well, number two, Russell Wilson. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. Number four, Deshaun Watson. 
number five, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. Number six, Lamar Jackson. Number seven, Brady. Because to tell me, okay, I'll make it easier for you, okay? Is Brady a better thrower than Lamar Jackson? Yes. Is Brady a better thrower than Carson Wentz? No. You think Carson Wentz is better than Brady? No, he's a better thrower. He just makes really dumb decisions. So, so does Brady. So you can. So you're giving no, that choice. No, 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 you, no, no, no. So you're no, letting no, you're letting Wentz go. I'm letting Wentz go because, because he can actually throw the ball down the field. Oh How no! He cannot throw on. the ball more than ten yards, man. How are you going to tell me okay. that? Okay, he's a he's the best game manager there is in today's game. One hundred percent. He can get you down the field if you want him to keep throwing five yards, five yards, five. No problem. He can run the clock out for you. He can get you the touchdown you need. But in a Bruce Arians offense, it doesn't work. That's not how he works. Bruce is Brady Arians doesn't a, care about the defense. Bruce Arians wants you to get 100 points a game and win on offense. That's it. <laughs> is Brady a better thrower than Matt Ryan? That's debatable, I feel like. Okay. Is Brady a better thrower than Ben Roethlisberger? No. Ben Roethlisberger is better. Is Brady, Brady a better thrower than Cousins, Stafford, or Goff? I think... Stafford doesn't get enough recognition, but he's better than the other two, for sure. Okay, do you think he's a better thrower than Cam Newton, Derek Carr, or Phillip Rivers? Yes. Do you think he's a better thrower than Drew Brees? No, not Derek Carr. We talked about Derek Carr. Derek Carr is throwing down the field. He's one of the best when it comes to that. Okay, what about Drew Brees? I think Drew Brees is finished, too. I think they should both retire together and go sit in the CBS podcast uh, booth up there and talk, call <laughs> games together with, I don't know, with Peyton Manning. All three, I, of, them, all opinion, three of them can sit together and talk. In my opinion, if you are in the top 10 in the NFL, the National Football League, if you're still the top 10 quarterback, you are not washed. The moment you fall out of the top you're 10... him to people like Kirk Cousins, man. You're, he's the NFL quarterback. Who, who do you have 8 to 10? You said you gave me until seven. Who's eight, nine, and ten? Justin Herbert is up there. Okay. Where? But okay. he's up there. Okay. So a guy um, that hasn't done anything yet in his career Eric, besides the season. Okay. Eric Carr is up there. I'm talking about pure quarterback skill, right? Like I think Justin uh-huh. Herbert got good. I, agree. I mean, okay. he's good, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Justin Herbert up. Uh, I mean, this guy's up there. Who's this? Um, Derek Carr. Uh-huh. And I, I have to agree. I think. Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford? One of them, like, is number 9, 10, 11. I would take all of them over Tom Brady at this point. No, If you're talking about strictly quarterbacking, throwing the ball down the field and whatever, if you're talking about mindset and, like, being an actual game manager and just going down the field, like, five yards at a time and winning games, yes, Tom Brady's up there. He's probably top five still at that. But that's not how the playbook works for him right now. If he was on a different team, maybe. If you put him on – if you put – I feel like, okay, if you take that team and give it to Bill Belichick, I think they're Super Bowl champions, 100%. What is your definition of washed? Well, the fact that you can't throw. Okay, is that your definition of washed? Or is your definition of washed that you can still be an NFL quarterback? He can still be an NFL quarterback to a certain point. I think but he won't I'm, be an- I'm comparing him. I'm saying, no, I'm not saying washed compared to other quarterbacks. I'm saying washed compared to Tom Brady, prime, what we've yeah, seen. Yeah, prime. Yeah, like, like Brady. The Brady, Brady. Used to would never make those kind of stupid throws that he did the other day and yeah. just cost him the game. That's what I'm saying. He's watched. He's. I'm comparing Tom Brady to Tom Brady. I'm not comparing Tom Brady to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert at this point. You know who Tom Brady reminds me? He, he doesn't have the arm talent that he. He reminds me of what are you gonna say, Peyton Manning. 
No, Philip Rivers. I, oh, okay, same thing. For me, it's the same Remember thing. Philip Rivers last year when he was just chucking the balls, like, and just like, just going for it. Like, people are intercepting him. Like, you'd be like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? But then guess what? Look, he comes to the Colts, and the Colts are like, yo, 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 don't chuck the ball up in the air. Use your guys in sets. Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, your running backs. You know why the Colts are good at that? Why? Peyton Manning. It's the same yeah. thing he used to do. If you really look at it, Peyton Manning was the same way. And that's what it takes to, if you want to be one of the best, look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees does the same thing. How many balls have you seen Michael, Michael Thomas catch down the field? And how many have you seen him catch short in five, ten yards? Yeah, yeah true. It, and that's that mindset. It's either you're going to be a Jameis Winston and throw the ball 100 times down the field and get intercepted 30 times, or you're going to throw the ball down the it's short, and you're going to be smart about it, and you're going to run the clock out and run your team down slowly at one piece at a time, and you're going to win the game. There's a reason he has six rings. It's not because of Bruce Arians. It's because of his mindset and Bill Belichick's mindset. Yeah, true, true. Okay. Debate but, us on sports meet. That, that was, yeah. I wanted to talk about that for a long time, and I'm thankful that I got to do it with you. But you know what? Mm. I think he's washed at this point. I voted yes on that poll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of, of someone else who is not actually washed anymore, he's coming up, uh, maybe had a breakout game, Antonio Gibson on Thanksgiving. Uh, had an amazing game. Uh, what'd you take away from it? Uh, Antonio Gibson was the dark horse of last year's draft, right? Everyone says Antonio Gibson could be the man. Antonio Gibson was go- supposed to be a gadget player, didn't know what to do. He was a receiver, really. And Ron Rivera said he could be the next Christian McCaffrey. And guess what? He's trying to look like the next Christian McCaffrey. The guy's running the ball hard, running the ball between the tackles. And he finally, finally might have the greatest comeback story in the NFL this year. And finally a quarterback that can give him the ball where he needs it, can throw the ball where people have to actually defend. I actually, I think Antonio Gibson is due for a great year ahead. And I think that he's finally coming to his own. Talk about the best comeback story of the league, Alex Smith. I can't believe it. Yeah, that team, I mean, the fact that they're second place and tied with the Giants for first is absolutely crazy to me. Uh, I was joking about it in the beginning of the season when they beat the Eagles. I said I would love to see the Washington football team win this division just because it's the football team. And yep. now they have a legitimate chance at that with uh, with uh, Daniel Jones going down. Uh, yeah. Since we're on the topic, we'll speak about that really quick. Um, what do you take away from that injury? Can Colt McCoy keep the Giants in first place? Right in my right when I was like, yes, the Giants could actually win this division. Something happens because we're the New York Giants, right? Um, I, it's upsetting, but luckily it wasn't anything significant. I think he comes back in a week. I don't think he. I think he misses this week. But hey, I'm not that. I quote McCoy looked pretty decent. I think if we can hold the ball and let our defense do the work, I think we'll be all right. I think we lose next week because I think we're playing Seattle. But yeah. uh, I think after that we may be okay. It's gonna be I think tough. Maybe okay. Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore. Uh, and then I think uh, week 17 is a division game, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember who they're playing. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, it's going to be tough uh, for the next four for sure. Uh, and the thing is, I think, I think we hold the tiebreaker with, Was- with Washington. So I think as long as we can stay close to Washington, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, at this point, it's a toss-up. I mean, anyone can still win that division. Even the Cowboys can still win that division somehow. Uh, I doubt that they will, but they can. There's always a chance. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one. I, I would love to see Washington honestly win that division. I, just as a joke, 
because that would uh, that would be a symbol for the NFC East for this season for sure. Yeah, the team without Agreed. a name wins the division. I agree. I agree. And Alex Smith. Alex Smith, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would want to see Alex Smith succeed for sure. Uh, staying in the NFC East, uh, we speak about we spoke about him a little bit before. Ezekiel Elliott. Without Dak Prescott, he looks lost. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say on that. What What do you have on him? I never liked Zeke. I didn't think he was that great of a runner. Um, he's a beast, but uh, I think that he was uh, he was had a great offensive line. He had a great quarterback. He had great weapons, and I think that it's now showing that. Look, Saquon was effective even when the Giants sucked. So Zeke, man, I'm sorry, but you're not you're not a top runner, not in my opinion. Yeah, we spoke about the draft order possibly for next year. I think he falls big time, especially if they can't fix that O line. If Dak Prescott maybe leaves and goes somewhere else somehow, uh, he takes a huge hit for sure. Uh, another guy that we expected a lot more from a couple weeks ago, uh, Daryl Henderson. He's he's not the Daryl Henderson we saw a couple weeks ago. I think he's rushed for a total of maybe seven yards in the last three games. Yeah, yeah, he's that, but I, from what I've seen, that's what I think he's rushing for. Um, I don't know what to do with that team. I we said it two weeks ago, don't trust him, and this is the reason why. Uh, is it time um, to go with Cam Akers? Yeah. Uh, so for anybody you know, obviously Hussein and I, Hussein and I have notes here that we go over beforehand, and we kind of write, and then we. We talk about it on the on the show. And I want you to know, like, the, the notes go, like, for example, Tom Brady washed or, like, Antonio Gibson breakout. And then, like, they're like that. And then this one just says, Daryl Henderson sucks. So, yeah, that's pretty much summarizes Daryl Henderson, in my opinion, as well. I think he sucks. I don't think he – look, in my opinion, he's never been a good runner. I don't, I don't think he was, and I don't think he is. And I think Cam Akers, they drafted him for a reason, and it's now time for Cam Akers to show up. Look, the reports came out last week, a couple weeks ago, that I think Cam Akers is going to end up getting as many touches as Daryl Henderson. And I was waiting for the Cam Akers game. Last week was that Cam Akers game. He came off running hot, and I think he takes over moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think is I think Henderson is uh, finished. In my Me too. Opinion. He's ran for, I'll tell you right now, he ran for five yards against Tampa on eight rushes and four receiving yards, and he ran for 19 yards last week. So that gives him a whopping total of 24 yards in the last two games with four receiving yards. And yeah. That, he's done. I think he's done. Yeah, his career is over before it started. I think uh, if he I can agree. find a new situation, it'd be better for him. But I mean, it's the Rams. McVay, you never know. Can't make season. Can't yeah. make season. And Malcolm Brown, I think, led the team in in touches or something like that, in running back touches itself. So that team, you never know what you're gonna get. Um, I would bench Henderson going forward. I am gonna bench him. I have him. I'm going to play Frank Gore over him for the foreseeable future. Yeah, Frank Gore. Frank Gore had a good game. Frank Gore didn't have a bad game either. I mean, yeah. we always touch upon the Jets and their uh, O-N, whatever it is now season. I believe it's Owen 11 at this point. Uh, yeah. That's a joke, but Frank Gore is the only good thing to come out of the Jets for this season. Yeah, looking good. Frank Gore is still looking good. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we touched upon it a little before. Uh, the Panthers, DJ Moore, looks like he got hurt towards the end of that game. And uh, so did Teddy Bridgewater, actually. They, they made the crazy, they took the lead, crazy game. And then all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins, we ripped him in the beginning of the season. And now he's looking clutch. Maybe he heard our podcast. Um, what do you, what do you yeah, think? What did you learn from that game? Uh, I got to give the Vikings credit. I mean, they came all the way back. They have a 
I think five and six record now, or six and six, or something like that. But they look good, and Dalvin Cook is helping, and Justin Jefferson without Adam Thielen, they came out with that game, and I don't know how. And Kirk Cousins made a great throw, and I, I honestly, I wouldn't put anything to it. I think Kirk Cousins will have a few good games. He's still an NFL quarterback. I think Kirk Cousins prime time is not good, and so it's just one of those to, games where you he have to avoid prime time Kirk Cousins. Because outside of prime time, yep. he actually yep. looks good. Once he's on prime time, yeah, then forget yeah. it. Uh, he's not that good anymore. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Uh, oh yeah, and as far as DJ Moore, Bridgewater. Sorry, DJ yeah. Moore uh, still still going to find out about his ankle. I think they they, they said that they're going to do things, but I think that um, Matt Rule said maybe after the bye they may get him back. It doesn't seem too significant. Um, Kerr, uh, Teddy Bridgewater said that he's fine. He woke up okay, so he should be yeah. good to go. I mean, they're not going to make – maybe they're just there to break some hearts, you know. Curtis Samuel is looking yeah. good again, uh, starting to get more touches. Uh, Robbie Anderson caught that one touchdown, looked really good. That team, you never know what you're going to get. For fantasy purposes, they're great. For NFL purposes, they're questionable. I don't know what to – Yeah, it sucks for McCaffrey owners who don't have Mike Davis or McCaffrey playing next week, obviously, because of the bye. But, hey, if you make the playoffs, get Christian McCaffrey back. So – yeah, maybe you'll get him back. Maybe he'll be healthy. Then you get your 35-point-a-game guy again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of 35 points, Will Fuller. Uh, yes. Got, got 35 points. Got a six-game suspension also. Um, what the, the Texans let go of Kenny Stills, I believe it was. Uh, I, also. Uh, top of yeah, and they are left with Brandon Cooks, Kiki Cutie, and a bag of chips. Uh, what do you take away from yeah. this wide receiver situation? Um, who, well, my, <laughs> what does Deshaun do now? Well, my waiver wire pickup is the bag of chips because that's pretty much <laughs> what I'm going to need, be needing to see how this offense is going to play. Look, do I, I think Kiki Cutie makes some sort of noise the next couple of weeks. I think Jordan Akins as a tight end option makes a couple of noise. Uh, I mean, a, a couple of weeks of noise, but Brandon Cooks is your man. And if Brandon Cooks wasn't getting fed as much as Will Fuller, now he will be, and maybe even more. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Brandon Cooks becomes fantasy relevant and could be the savior for a lot of owners, especially those who were counting on him to have a big year. Sorry for Will, to Will Fuller fans. Uh, tough sledding. Will Fuller was having a great year. I'm you a apologize big to the guy fan. you traded with for giving him Will Fuller? <laughs> I'm a big Will Fuller fan, and it sucks, man. It's unexpected, and it comes at the worst time because it's not like he's coming back. So. Yeah, for sure. His season's over, obviously, and um, it's going to be tough to see where he lands next year. And now that's what we got to look forward to next for Will Fuller is what team does he play for now, uh, next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, week 15 is I, it's going to be a wild one, I feel like. Uh, I have no idea what to expect anymore because when you expect something, the opposite happens at this point in the NFL. Uh, we expected a Thursday night Thanksgiving game battle between the Ravens and Steelers. And now it is pushed nearly six days later to a 3.40 start time because of the Rockefeller Center tree light. I know. This just describes 2020 in the most possible way. That tree looks depressing too, man. It's a depressing I think they tree. tried to fix it. I think tomorrow will look a lot better. Um, oh, thanks. Man. Yeah, I think they said that they were trying to fix it. It happens like that every year. So hopefully, hopefully the tree goes up pretty nicely. And uh, Yeah, I hope so yeah. too. Um, my take for tomorrow, do you think uh, J.K. Dobbins or Melvin uh, Markingham play? Uh, they said that they can't travel with the team today. 
So they said that they're going to get there tomorrow. I think if I think they will play. I think they need them to play, honestly. Uh, no Mark Andrews, no Willie Sneed. Uh, maybe you line up You line up Des Bryant, uh, Hollywood Brown, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Ingram as your uh, wide receivers. Your wide receivers. And, then, and then Gus Edwards as your running back. Maybe that's what they do. Because I think Des Bryant's a good pickup for anybody who needs some, like... No, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow? Not tomorrow. RG3 is the quarterback. When was the last time we saw RG3 do anything? M- minus 10 spread. You think... Pittsburgh destroys that spread? Uh, it depends on the weather because I heard it was going to snow when they were playing on a Tuesday, which was today. But I don't know how the weather is tomorrow. I think it's going to uh, The weather up. is uh, the weather's pretty sunny and uh, 40 up, degrees. Then, yes, I'm taking the Steelers in that game. Minus 10, 100%. Okay, cool. I agree. I think they demolished them. I think they win like 28-6. Wow, you're giving them six? Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin Tucker, you know, 60 yarders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one um, yeah. for anyone who will be able to watch it. Let us know what happens because I probably won't be watching it. Too. Yeah, good luck. Good luck to all those fans who need things to happen tomorrow. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, but for those of you who are in your 8th seed, 7th seed, ninth seed looking for playoff spots, uh, like you are, so good luck to you guys. Uh, for Thanks, the rest man. of you who need a first seed, good luck with that one because it's like you, yeah, like you. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know about that. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be an yeah, interesting one next week. Uh, good luck to all you guys out there, uh, and we'll see you soon. Yep. Take care.